Welcome to At The Whiteboard with Ruth and Nicole, the podcast for people who want to crush it at work. Each week, we'll talk about the latest tips, trends, and tricks to help you love your job and to help your boss love you too. It's like having a personal coach whispering advice into your ear, but without the whispering. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. should stop that. Is it doing anything? I like it. I don't think so. There we go. Now it is. And we're live. And there we go. We're live. <laughs> Not doing it again. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome to Good our day. pre-Thanksgiving podcast and then I just realized that as soon as it's up it will be post podcast uh, Thanksgiving probably. Unless so. I put it up today. Ooh. If it works technically this time. It will because if Tom calls me during our podcast recording, I will divorce him, and then oh, we—that's harsh and serious. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting for our listeners and viewers. My puppy was sick yesterday; she's much better, but I can't promise she won't bark at something. So okay. it's all about being real. <laughs> Let's get real. Let's get real. And also, my cough is much better than last week. Thank you all for asking. But it may rear its ugly head. We had a tough week this week. We did. This we had a, we had a tough client thing happen. Mm-hmm. We had a tough training day. We yeah. It was just a uh, yeah. I would say everything work related was um, hard. Yeah. And often it comes easy for us. I don't know why, but it often does. And and this week it was. And it's hard. not that anything. Bad ended up happening. No, in it all fact, worked out well. In fact, you know, what we thought was a terrible training day, participants thought was great. Off in the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and what, you know, could have been really bad got cleared up really quickly. And it was kind of just one thing after another. I was trying some new technology things that kept failing me mm-hmm. um, and kept scheduling me exactly when I was booked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just one of those yeah. hard weeks. And I was, you know, not to make too much of it, but on the other hand, it does impact you. I was dealing with my first sick puppy. And with cats, sure. I know what sick is. I've had cats my whole life. Right. And with dogs, I was pretty sure she was dying. And it was interesting because I remember yesterday being like, it's just a dog. It's okay. And then I remember going, ah, I remember when I had, you know, yeah. a dog that was sick and I yeah. would have done the same. So I definitely... Yeah. And she uh, turned out all right, but it was, you know, one of the interesting things is when I was um, dealing with it, so without being too graphic, she was barfing all, like, many, many times during the day. And then, <laughs> and then she was lying there, not even recognizing when I was patting her, not moving, not doing anything. And it brought back so many memories of my cat, who passed away a year ago, oh. my cat Tazo. Who I had, it was only a year, September 2018, and she'd been sick for a long time. And going through all of that was, anyway, brought all that back up. Plus, my cold that I had this week, my man cold. And you never complain about a cold, but this cold seemed to not be happy with you. Knocked me out. And knock on wood, how have I not gotten it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But also, or and also, it made it harder for me, those two things made it harder for me to deal with the other work-related issues that we've had this week. I felt, you know, 
reading That's this, fair. reading, so segue to our book. We're, we're in episode two of season six in which we are doing a book club and talking about Brene Brown's latest book, Dare to Lead. Um, it's my personal goal to get to Brene to actually like I am comment or like yeah. <laughs> something. I, I'm not sure. I have started fangirling, I think, <laughs> because I always really liked her. I've My, my friend Sarah recommended... Um, Rising Strong. That was the, the the first book I read, and it really resonated with me. It was after, um, the, well, several years after the death of my parents, but I was still rumbling yeah. with some things. Um, then I heard her speak. Now we're doing this work, and I'm seeing the other work on leadership. And then when we go through the next piece today, you're gonna. I think you're gonna be really surprised and pleasantly surprised to see how much it aligns with what we've been doing and saying. So I really feel like yes. she should meet us. Not we should meet her. She should meet us. <laughs> but I just think I she's it. cool. I love her message. And um, anyway, this week, reading that and thinking, like really taking a part for this podcast has made me think about some things too this week. And it's just been, it's just been hard. So I'm very glad it's a long weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. What are you doing for the long weekend? Um, not a lot. A lot of stuff outside if I can. It's supposed to be really nice weather except potentially rainy Sweater tomorrow. What a weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. It's sweater weather. <laughs> sweater weather. My friend Shan, who lives outside New York um, City, is hilarious with sending me that clip every year because she talks like that. Sweater weather. She talks about meatballs and sweater weather. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be outside a lot gardening and uh, that sort of thing. I hope to sleep because mm-hmm. I, I haven't been getting enough sleep mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope to take the dog to maybe on a hike. I would like to find somewhere in and around Toronto and, and take her out for a mosey. Have you been to Brickworks yet? I have not. Sidebar? Yes. Close and to you and so fun for dogs. Yeah, because you can't take them in the building, but you can go around it and up the path, I think, right? Yeah, there's a huge path. So this is If, if you're in Toronto, the mm-hmm. Brickworks is amazing. There's a farmer's market there at mm-hmm. certain parts of the year. Yeah. Um, we used to take our dogs off-leash just through the big pathway because it wasn't ever very busy. But then they built a super cool um, fenced-in mm. area there as well. And it's not like a typical dog park because it's like a little trail that you can walk around. Oh, oh maybe I'll go explore it's that It's really one. neat. You, this weekend? Oh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's our classic Thanksgiving Halloween, ha- Halloween costume throwdown. So my husband's uh, Nana, who's 102, <laughs> turning 103 God in January, her. still gets her own firewood from outside. And dresses in leather for Halloween. Yeah. So there's always a theme. <laughs> it could be like um, one year it was kind of like a biker's theme. Um, in like years past, they did like Rocky Horror Picture Show and like crazy stuff. Now with a lot more kids in the picture, it's a lot more tame. Um, yeah. So it's things like, you know, animals or this, that, and the other. And then this year, I think they've just accommodated people's overeating and they've allowed us to just wear pajamas. That is the theme. Oh, I kind of like that. I just wanted to wear pajamas to work one day. And then I decided there would be some people I didn't want to see in their pajamas. <laughs> so we're quite certain that one particular member of the family will don a nude jumpsuit that has been. Nana? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean,. Lillian? Probably not. <laughs> no. 
Uh, keep guessing. Um, yeah, no. a, a new <laughs> a new jumpsuit that has been brought out many a time. Oh gosh! And that that will be the comedy of that is Hilarious. the pajamas. Well, so please post pictures. I will. I will keep everyone posted. Mm. All right. So let's get into this. Let's get into it. We'll get ready to rumble part two. Let's get so ready last to week, rumble. Yeah. Last week, <clears throat> we just talked about the introduction. Who's the book? Who's Brene Brown? So please do listen to last week um, if you can to get up to date. And this week we're talking about sections one and two. So the book is in four parts and um, I'm following her breakdown Um on her website, BreneBrown.com, there is a tab for Dare to Lead, and you can go to the Dare to Lead hub. And in it, there's all kinds of resources. You said she does like a video read-along last She does time. a video read-along. So I followed along, and what she does is answer questions on the section. And because that's the way she broke it up, I thought, I'm just going to follow along with that, because she probably knows her stuff well. Shocking. Um, so in this first, and for those of you who were following along in the book, uh, we're going to cover up to page 69 today. So in the first section, part one, which is called Rumbling with uh, Vulnerability, she talks about a couple things, um, some of what vulnerability means and a little bit about courage. And so what I wanted to do is talk about some of the ideas in here and get your thoughts on how we can apply it to leadership Mm -hmm. and or how we, you and I, already do, because I think we do in a lot of these things. Yeah. So in section, in part one, section one, it's called The Moment and the Myths. So the first thing she does is talk about what vulnerability, vulnerability is. And I find it hard to understand. And you and I have talked about how her book is, mm-hmm. it, well, it's not like reading a mystery. Um, it's, it's getting into her language, her, her yeah. style, her It's pattern. also not like reading a normal business book where it's like the definition is this and only this and no. da, 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 yeah. da. It's... Like her... <laughs> Her definition of vulnerability is the emotion we experience during times of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Which it, theoretically could be fear or any, embarrassment. Anything. It, like right? it could be like you technically could be feeling vulnerable at any moment of any yeah. time. And then she says, it's having the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome. To me, that resonates more. Mm. Show up, and for her, showing up means doing the hard thing. When you can't control the outcome. Okay. Right? That sticks now a little Now we're getting harder. somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. And I think of an example where I was trying to be vulnerable the other day. And I think that was the feeling that was stopping me from saying what I wanted to say to that potential client we were going to work with or potential yep. um, colleague. And I was afraid of saying something because I couldn't control the outcome and I wanted to. And you did it anyway. And that was being vulnerable. So mm-hmm. let me give you some private life um, examples that she talked about and then see if what business applications or yeah. business examples you could come up with. So one of them was being vulnerable is going out on your first date after being divorced. Right? right. Being vulnerable is um, encouraging your child's vision of becoming the lead in an orchestra, like first chair, even though you're not sure they'll make the orchestra at all, mm-hmm. but you're encouraging them. I struggled with this list. I now, like, because ah, I, I was okay. listening to it on Audible and every single one I was like, mm, that's not what it means to me, but okay. Just to um, get myself with And my being vulnerable is um, uh, having a tough conversation with a friend or a family member about something that's been bothering you. 
okay? So I think from her perspective, their vulnerability is required because you have to have the courage to do the thing that you know is the right thing. Of course, it's the right thing to support your child's dream. Of course, it's the right thing to um, have a tough conversation with a family member or a friend. And of course, it's the right thing. I mean, I don't want to overgeneralize, but to get back out there and to um, take back your life after a difficult event like a divorce. Mm -hmm. So she's saying that by doing that, when you don't know what the outcome is going to be, you are being vulnerable to the experience. Yeah. So one example of um, that I'll just get right off the bat with the business side, uh, the corporate world, is starting your own business, which we have done. And of course it is. I wouldn't say it's doing the right thing, but it is taking a risk. Not knowing the not outcome. Not knowing the outcome. And putting yourself out there, being a, uh, knowing that there's a chance you'll fail. In fact, statistics show most small businesses do fail. So you're taking a chance at failing and you're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And probably, <clears throat> I think that's one of the biggest questions we get almost after any training or when people meet us, people are always asking us how we, how we got into this, how we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, how, how do I do, that, what, do what you're doing? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I think that's probably the biggest hurdle that people can't overcome is this. Yeah. Um, Brene says the physics of vulnerability say that if we are brave enough, often enough, we will fail. Hmm. It's just physics for her. So interesting. Again, she's just the kind of person who's so creative and approaches things from a different angle that she now puts science into an emotion, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So Why do you think this has been such a big aha for her in all this research that she did that leaders today need to be more vulnerable? And she spends this much time thinking about vulnerability and leadership. Well, in my assessment, and we can validate this Mm -hmm. with a group of leaders we trained just this week, Mm -hmm. when asked about some of the key tasks of being a leader, said uh, one of their responses was, Knowing all, this is a direct quote verbatim, knowing all of the answers to all of the questions. Yeah. And I went, oh my goodness, what Mm -hmm. a terrible burden you bear. (laughs) Yes. Every day. You would never try anything. Thinking that you have to know all of the answers to all of the questions. To be a leader. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else was on that list but other things that were very similar uh like knowing exactly the right thing to say when it was very prescriptive and not vulnerable and risk taking there's no courage in that no and there's I, no courage in thinking i may not know the answer and i'm going to ask you a question anyway and one of the behaviors i've always noted with new managers is this sense of of control and and um, not wanting to admit you don't know something or uh-huh. you're not the best at it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something to do with this validation of your role as a leader, as especially a new manager. People really wanting to say like, well, I'm supposed to be here for a reason because I have all the answers, because I know all the answers, because I can give you all the answers. Validation is a cool word there that you used. And we've just been talking about that and something I'm struggling with, with validation. And I think... Most of us surely are looking for some kind of validation that we're doing a good thing, the right thing, doing it well, etc. And could that be one of those fearful things that keep us 
from actually doing it well, ironically. And I think it speaks so much to what vulnerability speaks so much to what we do um, in terms of coaching specifically. So that was kind of our training topic this week with a client. And, you know, people said, well, I have to know the answer and then ask the person the questions in order to get there. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, that's not vulnerable. That's you trying to manage the outcome perfectly. Yes. True, amazing coaching happens when you are vulnerable enough to recognize that the solution that you think is is the solution for this particular scenario may not be it at all. And so true vulnerability is with true, genuine yes. interest and curiosity. Ding, ding. I'm a genius. There's the link true, to true what we've been saying. Curiosity to say, I want to understand what what you think and how you think we should approach this. Yep. That is vulnerability because yes. that is being open to a different outcome than the one that you've pre-planned in your head and being open to an outcome that is not an answer that you've already, yeah. uh, that you know. Yeah. Imagine sitting down with not just, maybe not just coaching a, an individual, but you sit down with a whole team of people and you're brainstorming some idea and you know what the answer is in your head. And you get in there and you're saying, oh, let's brainstorm. There's no bad ideas. And yet every single idea has a yeah, but or a nope or a sure, put it on this paper. And then they go in the garbage because you are fixated. You don't have the genuine curiosity of the art of the possible. And so I think this idea of leadership and being able to um, be vulnerable in all of our conversations is what makes you an authentic leader yeah. rather than just I'm a leader of people and I can get them to follow me because I tell them what to do. Yeah. So true thought of, of in coaching or any conversations and being open to whatever possibility and being open to the fact that you um, may not have the right answer and being open to the fact that you're subordinate, right? Joking. Joking. Uh, Your team member, um, may have a better answer than the one that you came up with. Yeah. One of the one, the examples of vulnerability that Brene said was something that you talked about this week in our training session. And one of them was talking about race with your team. So I think we were talking about, um, especially with all of the important current events related to race and gender diversity and um, sexual diversity, any of that. Um, how do we do it? How do you go in? How do I go in as a white woman um, and talk to a team that is multi-generational, multi-gender, gender neutral, and different races from me? And do I just stumble along? Or do I become vulnerable and ask? Ask for help. Yeah. And I think what's easier for people is to not be vulnerable and just not talk about it at all. And or make the little snide remarks or about oh gotta be gotta be sensitive better be careful what I say ha 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 want to be inclusive. Um, the other examples that she I'm gives are hard. yeah apologizing to a colleague about how I spoke to them in a meeting. Right. Imagine is, uh, when people ask me like you know when I you know because I started in the government kind of as a receptionist ended up as a manager in the end. Um, I get a lot of people talking to me about, you know, what did I do and what luck did I have and what this and what that. And I 
consistently attributed some of my excess success to my being my willingness to admit when I did something wrong mm-hmm. um, and not try to hide it. Mm-hmm. And I remember still um, a manager of yours coming to me asking me for advice one day because something had gone wrong. And I said, whoa, go, you got to tell Ruth right now. Please go tell Ruth right now. You need to get her on this. And they were like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to say anything yet because I need to get this and that and the other. And I went, no, key to success is being able to very rapidly admit when you've made a mistake and pair that with what you're going to do to fix it. Yeah. And I found in my career, I made a couple of quite large oh. dollar value mistakes. And really, you know, rather than getting angry or getting disciplined or any other thing, people just went, okay, you admitted it. Let's fix it. They kind of just went like, I don't know what to do now. I was hoping this was going to be a big rumble about how you didn't do it or didn't know or yeah, but it was accounting or yeah, "Yeah, but it was the region didn't get their stuff in on time. And I just went, no, this was a mistake. I made it. Here's how we're going to fix it and how it's never going to happen again. And I found that that was a very, very And being able to be open and talk about it. Um, Similarly, she says as well, other moments that amazing leaders can do is they can give feedback well. You have to be vulnerable to give feedback. And conversely, to receive it. Imagine opening yourself up and for me to uh, need to talk to you about something and be vulnerable that I could mess it up or I could have misunderstood or I could just be dead wrong. Excuse me. So she talks about this a lot. And then I love this part. This next section is a little bit of a, a tool for all of us on how to make sure that we are interacting with the, in the right way with the right people. So she said, if you're not trying to be vulnerable, if you're not in the arena, as she says, working hard, working on yourself and trying to be vulnerable, then I'm not interested in your feedback. So it sounds a little harsh, but what she says is, the cheap sheet, uh, seats are full of people who will not be vulnerable. They won't risk it, they won't try it, but they're happy to hurl advice and judgment on those who are trying. So again, imagine some of the difficult people that we met this week who were really happy to angrily and aggressively tell us what was wrong, but are not willing to have the self-awareness or the vulnerability to assess their role in it or how things might go. So what she says is, when you find it, you need to know whose opinion counts to you. Mm. Whose opinion is important to you enough that you will listen, you will internalize, you will discuss, you'll be open, you'll be courageous. And for other people that she says are mean-spirited, and we've all met people like that, she says, let that, um, she says, let what is unproductive and hurtful fall on the floor. She says, don't kick it. Don't feel you have to fling it somewhere or throw it out. Just let it fall on the floor and walk away from it because it doesn't deserve your energy. And I thought that was really cool, really interesting. So she has this tool. She calls it the square squad. And so if each of us is thinking about whose opinion truly is important to us. Now, I think there are layers to this because you might say my client's opinions are all important to me. Um, But I think what she's talking about is from the perspective of being vulnerable and who will really help you. If you're saying, you know, in stressful situations, how do I come across? 
or in that meeting, how did I do? What could I do better? It's, it's about that kind of conversation, mm-hmm. not the person, your BFF, as we like to say, who will say, oh, you're great. Don't worry about it. I'm sure nobody noticed. It's my favorite word. Mm. Sycophant. A sycophant, right? right. Try, try not to surround yourself with sycophants. Right. So people who will tell you everything that you want to hear. Right. Right? The second that you jump in and you say like, oh, you know, she she was awful to me today. And that person goes, yeah, she is awful. How could you? Yeah. Right? And like yeah. they really start to feed you up and it just, yeah, it, just it does feel good. Sure I mean, does. we talked about it today. Mm-hmm. It does feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are times when you want that. Uh, and it's just a little bit of, I don't know, chit chat with somebody and it just, it's venting. Yeah. If you're working on yourself though, and working on your team, you want to know who are those people whose opinions matter to you and who will be able to give you constructive feedback. So you've got at the extremes, you've got the sycophants who just tell you everything's wonderful. And you have these mean spirited people who will tell you suck at everything and, and nitpick everything and offer no constructive advice. And in the middle are the people whose opinions matter to you. And they're able to say, actually, in that meeting, um, I noticed that um, it didn't seem like you were really listening to that other person and what she had to say. It seemed like you had something already in mind. Is that true? Right? And to help you figure it out. So what she says is, this, uh, the square squad, she calls it, uh, get out a piece of paper that is no bigger than one inch square. One inch by one inch. Post-it notes, I bet. Yeah. It's like a tiny little post-it tiny note. Tiny post-it notes. And on it, write down the names of the people who are most, whose opinions you most value. So she actually said she's recently updated and she used to have seven and now she has six on hers. And I was really thinking, I have not done the exercise, but I was thinking about it. I think there would be four or five people on mine. So these are real um People who will really rumble with you. They will help you when you're trying to figure something out. And she says, take that list and fold it up and keep it in your wallet. And she said, these people should not be yes people. They should be vulnerable enough to be honest with you and should love you not despite your imperfections, but because of them. That's interesting to me because I know she's wiping her eyes. I've usually heard they love you um, in spite of your imperfections. She says, no, no, no. They love you because of them. That's a, that's a subtle difference. <coughs> so that's the kind of thing I've been thinking about this week, you know, as I've been trying to figure out why am I so cranky about certain things and what's been going. And some of it's just because I'm sick, <laughs> but others is because I'm really trying to think of these things. You're rumbling with yourself right now a little bit. I am. And uh, as I told you earlier, sometimes I get, I, if I had one question to ask Brene. Brene, are you listening? Brene, are you listening? It would be, do you ever just get sick and tired of it? The, of rumbling and just want to be, I just want to be a bitch like everyone else. Not, and I know that's an exaggeration. But no? you see so many people who don't care, who are the mean-spirited or who aren't trying and they seem perfectly content. <laughs> Would it really be so bad? Do I really have to be this person who's trying all the time? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I don't know. Every- and I'm not always very successful, I will also say. <laughs> Every <laughs> once in a while, I, I know because I, you know, try to put a lot of our tools into practice in my everyday life. Sure. And not only dealing with our own clients. I mean, gosh, so something happened this week. Got a bit of a harsh email very much a trigger for me. Yes. Really hard for me to get a hard email because I 
spend my entire career talking about being kind and curious and vulnerable and courageous and how to give feedback so that it's (coughs) kind and hits people the right way and impactful. Mm -hmm. And there's someone just... The mean-spirited. Lambasted it on me. Um, And I remember thinking, like, I just want to write... Just oh. a, a clapback. Have you heard this? Oh, term? I do like that. Clapback, clap right? Back. I want <clears throat> hashtag clapback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to to just like just write How something dare out you? nasty and and um uh, I remember think trying to think of things that would make them feel bad, like tell them things that were going on in my life yes. that now that they've yes they've Yes. And I remember I just kind of took this deep breath and I took all of our lessons. I basically took Lester, which is our tool for how to deal with angry people. And I said, thank you so much for letting letting me know. know. I hear that I can see that this would be very frustrating for you and I can understand how that may have seemed. Let me try and explain. And I remember taking it a lot of effort and a lot of eating my pride so to speak. I've had some friends, you know, when I've asked for advice like this, they'd say like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't you apologize that, yeah. that that's their wrong. And don't you humble yourself. But I over and over in my career have found when I have humbled myself and been acted with humility and yeah. not, I don't want to say be the bigger person because it take the high road. It sounds a bit bravado, and that's not my intent. No. My intent is usually, in fact, to say, I hear you. It's to do the right thing. Right? And how fast did that problem get resolved? Instantly. Yeah. One email took a little bit of time and a little bit of vulnerability and a little mm-hmm. bit of humility and a little bit of all this, and concept was resolved instantly, <coughs> right? I got the response back, and instead of a, another clap back, I got a heard Yep. We're good. Yep. I see how that happened now. So it's interesting when you say that um, some people will say, don't you apologize. Don't you. Um, In the book, in the next part of this first section, Brene talks about the six myths of vulnerability. And the first one is that vulnerability is a weakness. Mm. And that idea of don't you humble yourself because you're the strong one. Don't be weak. Be strong. Yes. And I, I've heard that from a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. you know, no, 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 no. Like, don't admit you were wrong. Don't do this. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Don't say you're sorry. We hear that in classes a lot mm-hmm. when we're trying to teach that concept of, of Lester, of listen, echo, thank. Uh, empathize, thank, da, 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 da. Um, I hear people say like, sorry, you yelled at me. There is no way I am being empathetic. There's no, no way I am thanking no you for I'm yelling. No way I'm thanking at you. Mm-hmm. No. Why, why, uh, why should I do that? Why should I lower myself? Mm-hmm. Right? So there is this interesting concept of, of, of vulnerability and humility being um, below yeah. when in fact they are the higher road. There's and again, a- I, I, I actually don't even like this concept of of hierarchy in all of this. So it is doing segueing. the right thing. You are beautifully segueing. You're, it's like, I don't know, and we didn't plan this, but truly it is a segue because in another section, one of the myths, there are six, I won't go through all of them, but another one is that trust comes before vulnerability. And her premise is that it's actually a chicken and egg and you don't know which comes first. 
So you need to trust people and build trust to be able to be vulnerable, yet you need to show vulnerability to build trust. Mm. And that's what you're talking about is it's not a hierarchy. It's a number of things that have to work together. So um, you were communicating to be effective versus just right. Would you have been right to say, but all these things and list the, and yeah, and my the clap, clap back, back and my all My clap that. back was right. Well, right from your perspective in that moment. Yeah. What you did was put her hat on and see her perspective, which wasn't entirely right, but also wasn't entirely wrong. Right? No, At the fact, end of the day. In fact, the, the, the key that allowed me to be vulnerable um, and, and react in the way I did was kindness and curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on with this person? How did this this situation make this mm-hmm. person feel? Wow, this person doesn't. So for people who haven't listened to our other stories, kindness and curiosity is a phrase that it's, I think it's in all of our courses in some point. So we it put doesn't it in matter. It, Project management, yeah, project be management. kind and curious. Yeah, and it re- relates to a coach that I had, which was my turning point in my career and she taught me to, um, the phrase is that kindness and curiosity leave no room for anger and resentment. And what that means is that if we can take this mantle off of our shoulders where we want to point fingers and blame and find out who's right and who's wrong. And instead, if we just say, what kind of day, week or life is that person having that has caused them to behave in this way? It doesn't excuse their behavior, but it means we don't have to react to it. So what kind of day, week, or life was this person who sent you the email having that they felt it necessary to lambaste you for something that didn't happen? Um, So you were able to be kind and curious and to figure out, okay, this could have been perceived this way. And then you were able to be vulnerable and communicate in a way that allowed you to be effective, which is to maintain that relationship. Instead of to be right and be bitchy, and it's so much easier and it feels really good in the moment to be bitchy, but in the long run, it would have felt awful. It's interesting because I think like you could, the, the, the kissy ass approach could have been, oh my gosh, you're so right. I'm so sorry. I oh, did yeah. the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, you are absolutely right. I well, don't I'm know what I was person. thinking. Yeah. Right. That like self-deprecating, like that also maybe could have achieved, achieved the goal. Yeah. Um, but I really feel how you know, we handled it, was able to just say like, hey, I hear how that could be frustrating. L- let me help you understand what happened. And hopefully you can see um, from this perspective that that wasn't my intent. And and here's also what I plan to do differently next time. So yeah. I think it, 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 it well, really left things open to say like, you know what? I don't, doesn't matter who's right or wrong. You felt a certain way. And I'm, I truly am sorry that you yeah. had to feel frustrated. So you're, your uh, being sorry was genuine. Your curiosity was genuine. And also you were vulnerable because you didn't really know how she would react. It could have gone several ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that one of the myths is that vulnerability means disclosing things. It means, you know, opening yourself up and telling everybody everything about you. And that's what vulnerability means. And it's not at all what it means. It's truly taking action in a t- place where you don't know what the outcome is or making other people... Um, feel safe and trusted, etc. Um, one of the things that she talks about as a leadership tool as well, when you're about to have a, an important meeting, important discussion, uh, being, a, being vulnerable is saying, uh, what does support from me look like? 
wow, which is different than um, what do you need me to do? How can I How help? How can I help? It's what does support from me look like? Or what do you need to feel safe in this conversation? Wow. Those are powerful questions. They're very powerful. And she's got so many of them in this chapter. There's no way we're going to go through all of them. Even uh, it reminds me of, of your key coaching question that I think is probably like, if you're not a coach and you want to learn how to coach, learn this, this language of what needs to happen. What needs to happen. Yeah. What needs to happen for you to be on time every day? What needs to happen for you to uh, complete your projects on time? And this one was what needs to happen to feel safe in this conversation that we're about to have. And and this was, uh, her example was in a meeting where they said, uh, then in order to feel safe, we need to make sure there's no over-talking, that we are not interrupted, that what happens in this meeting stays in this meeting, that, you know, and there were all of these sorts of things, which... You know, they seem like if you've been in business for any time at all, it really doesn't seem like rocket science. But this stuff goes unsaid enough that it is forgotten. Uh, uh, yeah. And again, sometimes I feel like we're like preaching the same story yeah. over and over and again. And, you know, I'm like, oh, is this message getting through? Is this message even needed anymore? Is kindness and curiosity, like, is this just something they know? Yeah. Is coaching just something they get? And the more and more I see, that there, it's it's still. Renee is validating us, actually. Wow. <laughs> so in this, excuse me, I'll close up this section one uh, by saying this is we talk so much about this and leadership, and it seems like such a touchy feely topic. But or and Brene says adaptability to change, hard conversations, feedback, problem solving, ethical decision making, recognition, resilience and all the other skills that underpin daring leadership are born out of vulnerability. How can you effectively recognize someone if you're not being genuinely um, happy for them or curious about what they did or understanding that what they did may be different than what you did or what you expected? How can that be? So um, she goes into this section on um, the call to courage. And... oh. It's this statement. It's write this on your hand. Ta- I'm gonna. I might Ready? tattoo the this new one. tattoo. It might be my new tattoo because I have the tattoo of kindness and curiosity on my wrist. So you can tattoo. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. What? Mic drop. Boom. Done. Close the book. And what she goes on to say is that when we. Give people half-truths. We're sycophants, right? We're not giving them the truth, and it is unkind to do that. Somebody, so for instance, I talk about a time when my boss told me that my face is very expressive, shocking, but then followed it up with, but don't change because it's refreshing. That was unkind. He because should, the clarity wasn't there. And he should have been working with me on how to get better at that. And let me, let me give my best possible Do example it. of this. Clear is kind, mm-hmm. unclear is unkind. Mm-hmm. We do we taught a course on Saturday. Was that just this past Saturday? Yeah. This past Saturday and we do some simulations um and we're talking about how people can um leave a situation. So let's say you're you're in a networking situation and you've had enough of this person and you want to kindly exit the conversation. Um, and our participants often 
would come up and kind of make a story like, oh, my drink's empty. Like, I, I guess I'll see you yeah. later and right. walk away. <laughs> that would be their way because they didn't know what to do. So they make something silly up. Right. Yeah. Um, or, you know, oh, I just got a call from my babysitter. And, and we're doing these kind of live simulations. So all of this is, is it a bit of acting. Um, but as the actor, I was always, you know, feeling like it was a bit unkind because I knew they were lying mm-hmm. and I could tell they were lying. And this Saturday, the group that we had they was just really good. so incredibly clear. Yeah. This one person came and said, you know, it's been such a pleasure with you today. I really want to see you again. I need to go do some networking on my own so that I can continue to build my skills you know, and I, I, I tried to say, oh, I'll just come with you. And they said, that's really nice. I really need to do this by myself yeah. and just keep going. And, you know, the fact of the matter is I was less hurt yeah. than by as, someone as who, who lied as, you know, to say like, oh, my drink is empty. Yeah. I need to go get Because it. they were being very clear and honest instead of this whole fear of hurting your feelings and making things up. And you use the example. It's a great one. I have this terrible tendency that if I can't go to something or I don't want to go, that I make up a big, long excuse about why I can't go. Because you're afraid of hurting people's feelings. Because I don't like hurting people's feelings. And yet, the best thing is, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Yes. Super clear. Yeah. Now, there are some people who I've met. Who will keep pushing. Who keep poking, Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, why can't you come? Well, what about this? Or, you know. Yeah. Somebody that um, you know was like that with me when I was uh, saying that I had to be somewhere at a certain time and I just said I need to be there. And sure enough, why? <laughs> why do you need to be there? And I had to um, tell them why. And I knew that it didn't sound like a good reason, but it was a reason. But it's interesting because um, Brene goes on to say that when we are unclear and yet have expectations that we hold people accountable to, we are just setting people up for failure. So I don't, I'm not clear about what really I need to have done at work. And I say, Nicole, you're so good at being creative and all these things. As long as this, this, and this happen, go ahead. And to me, that sounds like I'm being so supportive and being, not being a micromanager. And at the end of the day, I still have expectations that you will at least have done this one thing. And yet you don't do it. That's not fair. Yeah. So this whole idea um, is that it feels too hard to be clear with people and transparent. So we wave it off and then we hold them accountable to what we didn't say. Yeah. And in fact, it is that clarity and feedback and clear direction and clear words, even though they sound hard, mm-hmm. um, that is the kindest thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she also says that one of the reasons that we do this is that we're afraid of having those conversations and being so detailed, uh, not detailed, sorry, clear and open. And she says, when we're in fear, this is the sequence that happens. Um, so we're afraid of doing something, being vulnerable, having a conversation. Therefore, we think I'm not enough. enough. And then we go, if I'm honest about what's happening, they'll think less of me or use it against me. No way am I going to be honest. Why should I put myself out there? No one else does it. Yeah, screw them. I don't have to be honest. It's actually their issue. It's their fault. And they're trying to blame me. In fact, now that I think about it, I'm actually better than them. (laughs) It's this, she says it seems exaggerated, but in one moment of fear without being vulnerable and having that square squad to talk to, you can easily go down that road. And I have done that. 
I have done that this week. <laughs> I get stuck actually on no way am I going to be honest. No one else does it. Why do I have to put myself out there? That's that question that I said I would like to ask Brene. Don't you get sick of it? Don't you get sick of being honest and trying to be vulnerable? And I'm sure she would say, sure, I do. That's why she told the story that she told about doing it. But um, it is tiring. I must say it is tiring being kind and curious and and all of these things all the time. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. And a lot of people, again, they think that this idea of vulnerability is telling everybody everything and being super open, super, super transparent. She tells some great stories in this section of when you don't need to be being vulnerable isn't telling people everything and having no boundaries. It's right. still having boundaries, but it's having tough conversations instead of, you know, telling everybody these things that will make them feel bad, right? Because I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you why you were wrong. Yeah, and remember, yeah. it's also like not this, um, we had, I had a guy I worked with like many, many years ago, and we always joked, there was a Saturday Night Live skit. Yes. And, um, you, the, this, and it was, I think it's Kristen, Kristen Wig. Yeah. And you'd say something like, oh, uh, I had, uh, uh, I had a really great steak last night and she'd be like, I, I ate a cow. Yeah. Uh, you'd be like, one oh. upping, right. One upping. And so the purpose of vulnerability is not to be like, oh, you sound really sad about what's happened to you. Let me tell you about what happened to me. That's yes. just as sad or more sad or, yeah. you know, and let me just bring it back to me. Right. That's also mm-hmm. not no. vulnerability. And one of the other examples that was interesting to me was a guy that was in one of her sessions and said, oh, I drank the Kool-Aid. I get it. I'm going to go be vulnerable. And she said, first of all, saying I drank the Kool-Aid is a bad statement and a bad reference. She prefers people who will say, I really think I get what you're talking about. I'm going to try it. Right. And anyway, I'm scared and I'm hard. It's going to be hard. He said, my department's doing really badly. I'm in over my head. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just going to tell them all that. (laughs) It's like, wow. Okay. Um, So what she said was, it would be better if he was telling that to a mentor, someone on his square squad who could help him. Because by dumping that all out on these people who are looking to him, you're just offloading your problems. Yeah. And it's not what being vulnerable is. Um, vulnerable might be saying, we've got some tough times ahead. Here are the things we're going to try. I'm looking for your solutions, you know, that sort of thing. But just telling them, yeah, I'm terrified. I don't know what I'm doing. That's that's abandoning ship. Yeah. That's not doing anything. So. The last bit in this section too on courage is talking about that leader. It's called the power and the wisdom to serve others. And she says that leaders must either invest a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or spend an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. And that speaks to having the tough conversations, being open, noticing things, um, addressing them, not hiding them understanding that people at work have feelings about things and emotions. And she tells a great story about a military organization uh, where a senior person said that they all were feeling disconnected and that was impacting them. I and love she that. said, why don't we use the word lonely? It's different and it implies much more. So she said it was tired. Everyone said they were just really tired. tired. When is all the yeah. when is the pace of all this change and all this yeah. work going to slow down cuz we're tired. Yeah. So she said she says in this leaders need to ask the right questions, which we talk about all the time, and 
asking, uh, they need to understand the cost of not asking them. What do you think about that? The cost of not asking the right questions at work of an individual or a group or anyone. Just, I'm not doing it. Oh, I think it's missed opportunity. Mm. Missed solutions, missed ideas, missed analysis, missed... I think every time you don't ask good questions and you don't seek to find the root cause of the problem yeah. or, or, or a, a great solution to a problem or an issue, you are risking financial failure, career failure. Yeah. Um, Missed opportunity to build relationships with people. I mean, we know from teaching about resilience that one of the characteristics of resilient people is that they have people around them. And if you can't have those honest discussions and be vulnerable, you're missing out on that opportunity. So she ends this section with saying that there's three things that leaders should know. First of all, have the conversation. Just yeah. do it. Um, and, and I think she goes, don't formulate the response while they're talking. Oh, we say that all the time. That all active, the time. active listening isn't thinking about what you're going to say. That's yep. so much better. Yep. She then says, emotions are okay, bad behaviors are not. So this doesn't mean that you are going to accept people who scream or yell or throw tantrums. They're okay if it's okay if they're sad or pissed off or whatever, but yelling's not. And then the third tool that she gives is call a timeout if you need to. It's okay for either person or anyone in the group to say, is it okay if we circle back to this tomorrow? I need to process. A brilliant way to handle yeah. when you don't know how to respond, right? Yeah. We always say that in a communication that there's like this ideal response time. Yeah. Too soon is usually yeah. may not yield the best response. Too long may not yield the best response. So give it some time. Yeah. So those are her, her, her introduction to this concept of being vulnerable, being courageous, being clear and being kind. And she said, if this all seems too kumbaya to you, like too airy fairy, fruit and nuts, like blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of people who are going to say sure this is they too are. Much. Then you need to ask yourself, what are you missing out on? And are you, are you really as able to be successful? And a lot of people will say, sure I am. I'll tell them what to do. They don't I need be, to be engaged. I'd be curious to see how... Um, our training group earlier this week would have responded to mm -hmm. to yeah. that question that you just asked that I can't yeah. now reformulate. But um, if you think it's too 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 kumbaya, kumbaya, you know what are you missing out on? In fact, um, what was it she said? Um, sometimes people say that after the third one on one that you're having with a team member or an employee, and they're just not getting it. That it may, we, what we prefer to do is say they just don't get it or they're too dumb or they're not trying or they're being lazy or difficult. In fact, what kind of questions are you asking? And are you being vulnerable in that discussion or are you just being directive? I just had an aha moment. Did you? Okay. This week when we were training coaching, mm -hmm. we had people thinking it was a bit too kumbaya, yes. a bit too time consuming. Yes. You know, I've had my very good friends say it's just faster for me to tell them what to do. Yes. Don't have time for this. I think the, uh, we used to call it the, the burning platform. Yeah. So why is coaching and vulnerability and courageousness and humility and all this, these components of leadership, why do we have to do them? Mm -hmm. 
Because if you don't, you are missing out on huge potential opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, and, and the whole point of this book is this is 20 years of research into this. So <clears throat> as we get through, we've just scratched the service, page 69, just scratched. Um, the next time we're going to talk about part one, section three. What page are we reading to, Rose? All right, section three goes to la 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 la. Ooh, it looks really long. Exhausting. Section three goes to page 117. So from 70 to 117 the next time. And, you know, uh, I do encourage people to go to the website and listen to her ask questions after they read it. And this one, somebody said, how do I get other people to do this work? I'm not the leader. I'm just doing it personally. And I want others to also do it. And her answer was just to role model, which what a great answer. You can't force people to do it, but you no. can role model the behaviors. Yeah. Which I, and then she ended up saying, this is, this is a skill. Because somebody asked what the difference was between confidence and um, courageousness. Mm. And she said, they're intertwined and in that you build your confidence like exercising any muscle. And this is a skill. And learning how to ask questions, learning how to be vulnerable, learning how to respond and to be clear is a skill. And as you get better at it and you try it, you, be, you become more confident, which means you're more likely to be courageous. I mean, it's all, this is the whole thing. You, I'm, you're so much like her, I think, <laughs> because you're not a linear thinker. Usually you can, yeah, be, yeah. you can be, but normally you approach things from many different angles and so does she. Yeah. So it's really cool. So yeah, Brene. <laughs> All right. Um, so next time, section three. Yeah. And sponsors, we're still looking for you. FabFitFun, ZipRecruiter. Full and branch sheets. That's what I couldn't think of last week. Full and branch sheets. And the, the commercial is something like, four, pre- four U.S. presidents sleep on. And I was like, I don't want to know <laughs> which of them do and which of them Anyhow, don't. hashtag not sponsored. Yes. Hashtag still looking for sponsors. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye. At wall. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find us on all the usual social media. Our website is whiteboardconsulting.ca. And this podcast will be available visually on YouTube by searching Whiteboard Consulting Group, Inc. Or if you want to read our blog that summarizes it, you can check out At The Whiteboard, a publication on medium.com. Finally, if you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at info at whiteboardconsulting.ca. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.